great Scott. Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah. Then you're in the right place. I'm going to make him an offer again. Life moves pretty fast. Welcome to the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles podcast, a podcast of talk culture where everyone has a story. I'm your host, Elias. You can find me on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. Today's guest, you see him on Cobra Kai as Brooks, Bo Mitchell. Bo, welcome to the cave. Hey, man. Thanks. How's it going? Good, man. What's going on with you? Oh, uh, not much. Not much. Just uh, in the car right now, driving. Uh, I just left the just left the gym, so I'm actually uh, soaked in sweat, <laughs> there you which go. is uh, pretty fun. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so... So what's new with you? I mean, I know Cobra Kai, big hit, you know. I'm sure uh, you're living a good life with that, huh? Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's uh, it's been uh, it's done really well, actually. Just uh, you know, beyond expectations. I was uh, I was really excited on set. I knew that it was going to be great on set. I could just tell. But um, you know, it's also it's uh, it's kind of a new network. You know, YouTube Red's still kind of young. And the whole uh, idea of streaming television is also still kind of a young thing. Uh, I think, you know, we're still figuring that out. Yeah. So, you know, but uh, the industry is figuring it out still. But, no, it just it just went. It was amazing. Yeah. You know, people loved it. And I think we got all the old fans from the original uh, from the original series of movies to come out. And, you know, some new, we definitely uh, created some new fans with it. So, yeah, it's just been a hit. And I'm stoked on it. Yeah. Um yeah, we'll talk about that in a second, but let's uh, let's start off first. Uh, where are you from? Yeah, I'm from uh, Aiken, South Carolina, and it's a small town near Augusta, Georgia. We're right on the border of a Georgia and South Carolina, and most people know Augusta because of the Masters Golf Tournament. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of how I reference my location. But I'm technically in Aiken, South Carolina, and it's a it's a small town and. Uh, have a lot of history with golf and horses here and a lot of old people um like you know we were we were number eight top retirement city in the u.s one year so it's pretty interesting growing up here and living here um but you know it's peaceful and it's it's nice and good weather and so yeah it's fun i like it do you um are you into golf not as much as i should be for living here like i think it's cool uh I wish I could get into it. I just honestly don't have the time. I feel like, sometimes, yeah. you know, I'm just, but I, I do respect it. And it's fun to, I think it's fun to watch. A lot of people tell me that it's not fun to watch, which it, it, it can be kind of boring. Uh, but I, yeah, I think it's a cool sport. It's, yeah. uh, yeah, I like how, I like how the, uh, the sport works too. It's like a, it's like a, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're battling against yourself. You know, it's not like a team sport where, you and this other team has like 30 points on the scoreboard or whatever, yeah. you know, and there's no coaches, you know, it's just you and you're out there playing for yourself. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, the masters, that's pretty big. You know, even if you're not into golf, people tune in on Sunday to see what's going on. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it's pretty interesting when the masters comes around. Uh, it's insane. The whole city changes. I mean, even though we're not the city holding the event, we have a lot of overflow here in Aiken. And so it's just, it's intense. I mean, people come from all around the world to watch this thing happen. And, uh, it's crazy. You'll have like 
random sightings of like um, you know big stars like A-list celebrities and A-list like professional sports uh, professional athletes from other sports coming through too. So it's a pretty interesting time. Yeah. So uh, so growing up there, what were you into as a kid? I mean, I know that you know you're a big skateboarder, but what else were you into? Yes, yeah, I love skating. I mean, growing up here, it's an interesting town. Like I was kind of getting that earlier, you know, where, uh, you know, I like, I think it's a very traditional southern town, like what you would expect when you think of like a southern small town. If anyone has that uh, stereotype, it's very similar to that. People love football. Here, people here love baseball. So, you know, as a kid growing up, you pretty much are forced into one of those two sports if you want to do extracurricular activities. So it's kind of weird, honestly. It's hard because, um, you know, that's definitely not the only two things you can do outside of going to school as a young child. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really it's, it's kind of hard sometimes, you know, finding a niche for yourself and an outlet uh, because of that reason. There's just they focus on those two sports here. So, I um, mean, there's a, there's a decent soccer league. And, you know, uh, now that I've gotten older, you know, I think that it's became a lot more accepting of the arts, it's like, you know, as far as painting and, theater and uh film and all that which is great but when i was a kid man it was wasn't hardly anything to do here besides play those couple of sports so yeah. it was weird it was weird uh but you know i mean it's a very peaceful city everyone's super nice so yeah it's uh, definitely a nice place to live but yeah how did, how did you get into skating you, you don't yeah, hear skating, you don't, you don't hear you don't hear about like you know southerners down there skateboarding right yeah it's interesting i mean some of the states, southern states, are not very popular for it, sadly. I mean, it's growing now, and there's been some people through the, you know, through the history of skateboarding to come out of these areas, but it's not as big as, you know, New York or California um, for it. But, no, it was it was kind of random. I uh, started playing, I was in the video games, I love playing video games. I mean, most, most kids from my generation and going forward do. Um, and so I got some Tony Hawk video games and yeah. I thought it was super cool. So I got a, uh, kind of a crappy like Walmart skateboard, you know, uh, when I went for Christmas and I went to the, we had a, we had a small local skate park at the time and I went, I went there and kind of picked it up and it was on and off for a few years. And then, uh, around 13 years old, I met some other people that were skating as well and that were my age and that were. So we just, I don't know, I kind of got like a friend group finally after a few years of messing around with it, and that's what really got me stuck. So after that, man, I was like, that was the only thing I did. Yeah. <laughs> Besides the acting gigs, uh, you know, I just skated. So. Yeah, yeah like, I, like I was telling you before we went on the air that, uh, you know, you're a little entrepreneur also. You started your own, like, businesses on the side. Talk a little bit about that. First, you had a Tropical Snow. Yeah. What there was you go. that? Yeah, you've been, you've been uh, doing some research. Oh, man. yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that was, that was a very interesting period of my life. I don't know, we, my parents are really supportive of me, always, still are, and I'm super thankful for that. It's definitely a huge key to my success thus far. And so they were just kind of, they would listen to what I would say, and some of it was like little kid nonsense, and some of it they would be like, oh, wow, that was a good idea, man. And so, so we, we would follow through and execute sometimes, and so I had, uh, you know, accumulated some money from doing different things in the industry, commercials and, you know, spots on TV and, you know, uh, movies and all that. And uh, they, I was serious about opening up a uh, a small business, uh, and particularly snow cones, because I also had an infatuation with that 
with snow cones at the time. So anyway, we bought into a uh, a small franchise called Tropical Snow, and they do shaved ice. So it's not the crunched up, you know, one yeah. you get from like a fair. It's like it's actually you put it on this big spinning machine. You put a big block of ice on the spinning machine, and there's a razor blade on the bottom, and it's like at a pro- this specific angle, so it shaves just a thin layer off, and it when you put it in your hand, it feels like snow. It's really, really interesting. Um, and so, yeah, we, we bought into that and I ended up, uh, having two locations in Aiken where I'm from. And they were these little 10 foot by 10 foot huts that sat on the side of the road. Uh, and people would pull in and come, you know, come in and get a snow cone. And then, uh, after a while we developed a traveling snow cone hut. So we took the 10 foot by 10 foot model they had, and then uh, my dad, who is uh, very skilled with, you know, just skilled with his hands, can build stuff, you know. And so me and him took a small trailer and built a 10-foot-by-10-foot hut on the trailer. And we had a mobile unit, and we drove it to events. And we went all up and down the East Coast. We wow. went up to, um, yeah, we went up to New York a couple times. We were in uh, Kentucky. We were down in Florida, all over, you know, the Carolinas and Georgia, of course. Um, Virginia, everywhere. Just traveling to these, like, events like music festivals and um, bike shows and expos and just any anywhere that was kind of like outside and people would be hot and like a you know a sweet you know cold treat so anywhere we sit in we traveled so it was pretty interesting life you know yeah because i was homeschooled so i got to go like in the middle of the year uh, we would just go somewhere and you know work work the weekend and just do my school on the road yeah yeah, it was crazy so (laughs) and then you sold that that was how it started yeah, I sold it. Yeah, sorry if I'm getting long-winded here, man. No, no. Just tell me that. Yeah, no, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I sold it, and we, let's see, I was about 14 when I sold it, and uh, I was basically just kind of moving and shifting gears because of skateboarding. <clears throat> I had uh, wanted to open a skateboard shop, a pro shop. So that was basically like, you know, something that sold all the gear, you know, sold all the, uh, the clothes and the boards and all that. So I sold that snow cone hut, the tropical snow, uh, to another young franchisee, um, and in Louisiana, I believe. And we had, we had, uh, we had to haul them down there. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> uh, we, we got a huge rollback trailer and, uh, put the huts up on top. And, uh, yeah, took him down there. So, yeah, sold it, man. Sold out and moved on to skateboarding. Yeah. And how how is that company going? And what did you, uh, how long did you have that for? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's still, it's still going at this point. So that was about 14 and now I'm, uh, getting, getting close to 24. So 10 years later and, uh, yeah, it is, it's still going. We're in the process of moving right now, technically. Uh, we had a indoor shop for a few years and that was like the size of an office space, you know, small retail office space, you know? And then, uh, we had found a warehouse on the other side of town and it was just perfect. And it was kind of in a rougher side of town. So the rent was low and we just had a great time to, it was a great time for the business too, because, we had built a scene from being there for a few years. You know, people knew about us. 
get new young skateboarders coming up. So, yeah, we moved into there, and we just had a few ramps we had built out front of our, our place in our parking lot. We put them in there, and we just started from then. We opened up that day, and uh, the first day we opened up, and, and it was crazy, man. We uh, we had a couple rails, a couple small ramps, and it's this huge 20,000-square-foot warehouse behind you. All this space, we have a few things in there. And uh, the whole place was um, actually uh, going to get torn down soon if no one moved in. So they had some uh, things that needed to be repaired, like some electrical stuff. So we only had power to like half the building for the first month. Wow. So it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a good business. And looking back on it, it was, at that moment, it was kind of overwhelming. But looking back on it now, I mean, you know, I wouldn't have traded it for anything. It's fun. So we... We had a great time. We built up. We built the entire park inside and out. We had some outdoor things as well. And, uh, yeah, man, we uh, we just moved out because the landlord uh, is deciding to renovate and try to sell it um, sell it out to, like, a big corporation. So. Oh, wow. um, but, yeah, yeah, so anyway, we kind of got flushed out, sadly. Uh, but, yeah, we're... We're moving right now. We got it. We got all of our gear out. We got all of our ramps out, and we are looking for a uh, new place. Well, good for you, man. I mean, that's a good. Uh, it's it's good to in, to you know put hard work into something that you enjoy. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, I it's a passion. You know, I I, I have, it's weird because I I just I love I love acting. I love skating both equally. Sometimes I'm like you know. Uh, I think it's weird to have, you know, a couple of different things, but, you know, I'm, I'm into them both. So it's just, I try to split my time up evenly between them and between gigs and stuff and, um, uh, in between, uh, you know, yeah. acting, you know, between going out and skating and things like that. So, but yeah, but it's, it's good. What made you pursue acting? Uh, acting came on, I was, uh, it was kind of a, it's kind of, a, it's kind of a stroke of luck. Honestly, man, I had, I was in a mall uh, with my parents at a very young age. I believe I was nine months old. And, uh, yeah, I I was a baby. And this this agent was walking through the mall at the same time. Apparently, we crossed paths. And she, just, she saw me with my parents. And I guess was stoked. Um, you know, this is from what my parents say. And uh, I got picked up right then and there. She, she traded information with my parents and called me like a week later. She was, uh, she got me a, an ad for, uh, a catalog for, I think JC Penny or baby gap, one of those two. And it was, it's like, we fought in New York next week wow. and I started shooting this, uh, look, look book. Yeah. For baby's clothing. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was random. So that's how it started. I mean, yeah. excuse me, excuse me. Yeah. That's how it started. Random nine months old, man. <laughs> So I'm sure, like the you know the you know the listeners that are listening to this episode, they probably remember you from Eastbound and Down too. How was it being on that show? Yeah, man, that was really uh, the catalyst uh, that kind of kickstarted me into the next stage of my career. Uh, Eastbound and Down, man, was just an amazing time for me uh, as like a young pubescent teenager to be around all those guys and like I was like really looking for role models at that time at that age, you know, just because of that age, you know, yeah. you're looking for people to be surrounded by. And so I'm, I'm on the, I'm on set, you know, with, um, these like hilarious, like comedian masterminds, like, you know, Will Ferrell and Dan McBride and Joni Hill and, uh, Jody Hill and, 
and um, David Gordon Green and yeah. and, uh, and Ben Best. Those guys are just they're great. And um, even having Craig Mack on set was hilarious. He uh, wasn't around uh, as much as those guys, but having him on set was great. So anyway, those they're all just awesome. So being there with them, I got to see them do these uh, amazing. Um, let's see, improv scenes, and it was just it was just stunning because they would literally go off on these tangents, be completely in character the entire time, making relevant connections to backstories and everything is like so complex, and they were just super good at it, and it was hilarious as well. So I don't know, I just there must have yeah, been a, great. There that must have been amazing. a lot of there must have been a lot of like bloopers behind the scenes in that show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I ruined so many takes <laughs> from laughing in the background. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I was, yeah, I, co- I cost them a little bit of extra money, probably. Yeah, <laughs> spending that's a couple, right. I'm sure. Spending, spending some time I'm, I'm <laughs> laughing sure, in the background. <laughs> I'm sure HBO made some money from it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so. they would just be like, Bo, you got to stop laughing, man. <laughs> and I was like, dang it. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, just learned a lot. Even in that aspect, you know, learning how to stay in character while someone else is doing something hilarious is like, yeah, man, I just picked up a lot from that. So I loved it. And, you know, of course, it has just become a uh, a cult classic oh, yeah. you know, at this point. Yeah. People love it. And, and you know, we shot the last season like four years ago, six years ago almost. So, yeah, yeah that's insane. Uh, oh yeah, it's been that long. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, man. Yeah, I was eight, I was eighteen on the set of season four, so yeah. uh, that's kind of what I'm referencing right now in my head. Do you uh, but, do you see that show coming back for like another season or anything like that? No, man. I don't think so. I think they ended it the way they wanted to. They yeah. ended season three, and they they were like happy with it. But um, I think you know HBO and them talked, and they. They realized they were going to do a fourth, so they came back and and uh, had a crazy fourth season. Yeah. And um, yeah, and now they're I think they're done for sure. I mean, Vice Principals. Uh, you are you familiar with Vice? Oh Principals? yeah, yeah, that's on HBO too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was like that was like supposed to be a um, a reference to like an alternate dimension. I'm not trying to get crazy here, but as in the sense that if Dame McBride's character was no longer trying to be the best baseball player and he was trying to now be the best teacher or coach. Then, uh, so they took that same character with that idealism and and made vice principals. (laughs) So, yeah. So Cobra Kai, you know, congrats, big hit. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's it's just, it's like, it feels kind of feels like it's a little overwhelming for you guys too. huh? like the way it took off. Yeah, dude, it is just, uh, it is, it's almost overnight. I mean, um, we got, you know, a hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that was just stunning. And, uh, you know, we're the top viewed YouTube red, uh, content right now. And that is also awesome to hear. We're super stoked on that. And so, and then just, you know, fan feedback period has just been amazing. People are really getting into it, man. Really taking Taking on the new characters is amazing. How much people have been supporting the new characters, and then of course still loving the old ones. Yeah. Were you an, a fan of the original Karate Kid? Uh, no, I wasn't in the original. No, no, no. Were you? A, no, no. Were you a fan? Oh, a fan. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I would be a lot older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Original. No, no, no. Were you, were, were, <laughs> you, were, you a, were you a fan, a fan of the Karate Kid? Yes, yes, I was a fan of the original Karate Kid. It was, uh, you know, before before all the clout, as, as they would say, <laughs> before the Cobra Kai came along, I really, I really did watch the movie. Um, <clears throat> I loved it. I, <clears throat> I had not seen the third until Cobra Kai. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go back and rewatch all of them just to really get into it. But I'd seen the first and the second. When I was younger, yeah, I watched it. Yeah. I think it just kind of came on the TV or something, and my parents were like, "Oh, this is a good one." Like, you know, let's yeah. watch it, kind of thing. So I got I got sucked into it and loved it. And so, uh, yeah, it's just it's good, man. It's a good time, and I think it's hilarious. And I actually also uh, I also liked the newer one with Jaden Smith. I liked the take on it, and I liked uh, I liked seeing Jackie Chan yeah. as the sensei. You know, so. Um, that was great. That was a great interpretation of the, uh, of the franchise as well. Um, tell us about your audition for uh, Cobra Kai. Oh, the audition. Um, yeah, man. I think that was interesting in itself. I, uh, it was actually a really short piece of material. So, uh, you know, looking to me, when I look at getting a short piece of material, um, it's it's really interesting because you don't have the luxury of time. You really only get to give these directors, writers, casting, you know, casting directors, producers, these people reviewing your tape. You only get to give them a minute of yourself. You know, I think it was. I think the tape was less than uh, like a minute and a half after my slate and stuff. And and so where you don't get much time is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So you really got to go all out in this in this one or two page scene that you get so it's hard sometimes getting these uh small scenes so i got i got this scene for brooks and um first hearing about it i uh i was really i was really stoked and i actually had kind of been uh, waiting for something like this i knew that they were doing cobra kai I knew that that was coming out because i had heard some interviews with about macho and stuff and i was like wow that would be really cool to get a chance to be in that and so when that came through i was like like super stoked uh just that that came back around because i it'd been a while it'd been a while you know since i saw that interview and so yeah dude i had done the tape at um at my office in aiken and we uh i you know most of what i do is i put it on tape uh and send it out uh from my location in aiken because i'm here over half the time over half the year yeah. i'm here so, uh, you know, I don't also don't get the luxury of going in and shaking hands with the casting director either, which can hurt sometimes. Um, but thankfully it didn't in this case. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, you know, John, Josh and Hayden, actually, the, the directors and writers actually told me a little bit about their experience watching my tape and how much they liked it. And that was just like thrilling to hear um, after we had met on set, of course, and we're working together. Um, but, yeah, man, it was short and sweet, I guess, you know, yeah. I just had fun with it. And um, filmed it and sent it to them, and they liked it. So now here I am. What? Uh, so uh, tell us about your character. Yeah, Brooks is from talking to uh, John, Josh, and Hayden about it. He is their embodiment of uh, Dutch, which is a uh, which is a supporting character from the original Karate Kid films. Um, Dutch. If no one, if you're not really familiar with his name right off, 
He was a uh, one of the guys in Johnny's group that was always around, and he always had this kind of demeanor that he was very he was very antagonizing. Yeah, and um, they, he has a really good scene towards the end of the film, right before the karate contest, right before the All Valley uh, tournament starts. He's in the locker rooms with uh, Ralph Macchio and his character um, as Daniel LaRusso. He's in the room with him, and he is like trying his best to get him to, to start a fight with him in the locker room. And um, just fired up. And he has this crazy like uh, just passion for, for mischief, it seems. So that was, the, that was kind of what they told me was their embodiment for Brooks. So taking on Brooks, I was just... Um, kind of trying to be like a bit of an asshole, but have this, and excuse my French, by the way, you know, but it just trying to just have this like, uh, loving demeanor at the same time, like almost like innocently wanting to do bad. It's like, just because you're looking to have fun, it's like, Oh, I think that would be fun. So I'm going to do it. It's not like how badly can I make fun of this person or how badly can I hurt somebody? It's like, oh, that'd be funny. I'm going to do that. So he's just a bully, you know, when you break it down. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's just a little a little interesting because we had to invite his demeanor of, like, he's doing it from this slightly different perspective of he just thinks it's funny. Um, you know, whereas Kyler's character, I think, has a little different demeanor when he is doing his bullying um, and sorts. So, you know, we, we talked a little bit. Uh, about it but yeah that was that was kind of how Brooks came along I mean I had uh, to reference one of the scenes there was a scene where uh, I was teasing Kyler and we were at school and he was trying to uh, get these movie tickets to um, Daniel LaRusso's daughter's uh, character Mary Mary Mouser her character um, and I'm behind Kyler uh and making these, these, uh, I'm behind Mary, excuse me, talking to Kyler over Mary's shoulder, making these like remarks or just kind of, uh, pantomiming these, uh, sexual acts that you might occur in movie theater, trying to tease him and throw him off his game. And so I think that was like a, a weird, but in a true embodiment of Brooks, like just having fun messing with anybody, you know, it's not like he was focusing on just the nerds, you know, he's like, oh, anyone I can mess with, I'm going to mess with him. I'm going to mess with my best buddy, hmm. Kyler, right now, you know, yeah. while he's trying to mack on his girlfriend. So, yeah. What, um, what do you think has been the biggest challenge for you for this role? Man, biggest challenge? Um, you know, let me think. Just, uh, you know, I play a lot of bullies uh, just because I think my stature and, uh, and, you know, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Playing a bully is kind of hard for me yeah. sometimes because uh, I, I'm not trying to sound like a kook, but I'm a pretty nice guy in general. Um, and I'm also pretty optimistic and just got a, an easygoing demeanor. And uh, so sometimes it's hard to like get into that zone to be like, I'm going to, you know, uh, be a be a bully, you yeah. know? Um, so that can, that can be hard. That was possibly one of the hardest things for me because, uh, you know, what really makes it believable is sometimes just going the extra mile. And so that means you really got to think like, okay, what would I be doing to like torment this person the absolute most right now? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, yeah, so that was kind of hard sometimes thinking like that, but, but yeah, that was probably 
one of uh, one of the more difficult things. I think something else that was honestly very difficult, um, but on a slightly different uh, front uh, and subject is the um, is the uh, fighting scenes and choreography. Uh, that that was uh, that was very interesting to me because I had never done something that in depth. We had an amazing stunt choreographer, uh, Hiro Koda, and he was just into it. I mean, every every little every chance he had to coordinate a stunt, you know, and even as small as it was, he went all out. So you know, you got to give back this amount of energy where you're like dedicating like every single punch is like full on you know, full energy and stuff like that. So that was also difficult. Yeah. Do you have a favorite scene from Cobra Kai that you were in? Hmm. Man, I'm not sure. Probably one of the fight scenes, honestly. I mean, that was, that was so uh, fun to me, man. Just getting to choreograph the stunts and then follow through with them. And, uh, you know, seeing how everything came out in post, uh, just made that so fulfilling. Um, so it would probably be, uh, one of the bigger fight scenes with, uh, with Brooks in it, like the, uh, episode one where, uh, Johnny, uh, kicks all of our butts <laughs> and, um, yeah, or in, uh, I believe episode five, I think where, uh, Miguel kind of, uh, gets revenge on us in the, in the lunchroom, yeah. in the cafeteria. That was a huge, so, that was a huge, uh, like pin, uh, point to the show. I think the cafeteria scene. Yes. Yeah, it was pivotal, man. It was, it was, yeah, it was definitely a uh, pinnacle point, a huge climax. I mean, middle of the season too. That's always important because that's where, that's where some shows, even the best, can die out. You know, because it's like they're trying to transition these stories and get you geared up for the end game. But nah, man, they killed it. That that episode five was super strong. So that fight scene was huge and fun to do in person. Yeah, you know, it was very creative, like him using the. Um, well, what do you call those? Not, they're not the pl- they're not plates. Why am I blanking right now? But you know what I'm talking about? The trays, the cafeteria trays? Yeah. I loved how I loved the use of those those and just uh it was fun. It was it was a good fight scene. So yeah. yeah. How was it working with uh like Ralph and uh Billy Zapka? Yeah, <clears throat> that was amazing. I mean, those guys are super talented and they've just been doing it for a, a long time, you know. I mean, they're not they didn't just step on the scene. Um, you know, they've been in, in the film industry for a long time. So they've got, they got a lot of experience. So that is just super great to like get to see in person and, you know, try to learn from, uh, and take away from, but they're also just super down to earth fellas. I mean, you know, if you, if you met them in, in, uh, in the street room, you know, they're just like anybody else. They were so nice down to earth and, uh, and, uh, super approachable. So that's always great because, uh, you definitely have to have, you know, you have to be comfortable on set behind the scenes. So they made it very comfortable. So they're great. They were awesome to work with. Uh, where do you see your character in season two? Do you think he's still going to be a a big bully, or you? How do you? What do you see? What do you? What do you think is going to happen? Um, that's a that's a good question. Man. You know, going back to some of the <clears throat> conversations I had with uh, John, Josh, and, and Hayden, the those guys, they're just, they're great minds. They're just uh, always developing uh, possibilities. But we talked about a few things, and, um, you know, nothing's for certain as of now. Uh, and uh, nor has Brooks even been confirmed for season two yet. But 
uh, definitely foreseeing him in the future becoming a, a bigger a bigger role, especially as they invest time into the younger generation uh, in that series and in that universe they have uh, they have built because um, just you know they we've talked a lot about what the possibilities were you know whether Brooks will go to Miyagi Do or Cobra Kai you know or something like that you know where he might end yeah. up and some of the other bullying groups you know. Uh, even even like Annalisa, you know her character Yasmin and, and uh, Kyla and some of the guys and stuff. Where where they might end up down the road because I think they will continue to be uh, a an antagonist of some sort in the show and in the series. So yeah, um, yeah there's no talent, man. There's no talent. I mean, the way they built Miguel up. Not spoiler alert. Okay, if no one's finished watching the season, uh, you know. Towards the last episode, the way they built Miguel up, um, you know, Solo uh, is crazy. I mean, it's a huge character flip, and yeah. he is now—he's now almost a beat up on himself, borderline. You know, yeah. With the way the way he uh, the way he, he's fully just taken on the Cobra Kai spirit, his character has. So you know, you could see a uh, you could see a character reversal here where. Now, uh, you know, Miguel may start bullying the bullies. So no telling where they could take it, man. Yeah. Infinite possibilities. And that's what's, that's what's exciting. Oh, yeah. They have a lot of content to pull from. Yeah. Even the uh, prior series, the prior the prior movie uh, trilogy, they have so much to pull from, yeah. from that as well. I've, I've spoken to people that have watched the show, and some people have not finished it because they don't want it. They don't want to finish it because they don't want to wait another year for it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I definitely took my time watching it as well. And, uh, you know, I mean, because, yeah, I just was enjoying it so much. You know, I just took my time watching it. And, uh, and yeah, it was just amazing. I mean, I think that it, it's sad. You know, it's hard. It makes it – that's one of the down. That's one of the downfalls about the streaming uh, industry now is that you get the ability to binge watch and uh, yeah. you, knock, you knock out like three, four months worth of work in a day, two days, you know, for the exactly. pro binge watchers out there, you know, for people that are pro binge watching and super good at it and can pound out 10 episodes. Oh, yeah. um, but even for the amateur binge watcher, knocking something out in a week to a month, I mean, that's still pale in comparison to how long it took to produce those episodes. So mm-hmm. it's hard because you're like, oh, where's my new content? And it's like, well, you really just, you really just knocked out like, a quarter of a year's worth of content in a day, so it, it's kind of your fault, not King. Mm-hmm. But it's um, yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, you know, it's uh, but they're definitely working right now. They're gonna, I think they're gonna come back bigger and oh, yeah. uh, and definitely better. We're gonna get some more episodes and get uh, a lot deeper into the series. Yeah. Do you uh, do you have any upcoming projects that you want to tell us about? Man, well, um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah, I've got I've got some things on the uh, on the list right now. I mean, I have my own uh, series and show uh, called Narcats. It's G N A R K A T Z Narcats. That is a stunt based uh, comedy reality series, kind of like on the lines of Jackass or Fantasy Factory. Okay, if you're familiar with those shows. And that is on Go90, G-O-9-0, and it's free to watch. Um, there is, uh, I believe, 24, uh, you know, eight-minute uh, episodes on there. 
And that's based on me and my buddies here in Aiken uh, in the skate park. The skate park's name is Hick Warehouse, H-I-C Warehouse. And so we're just there doing doing it uh, South Carolina style, having fun, skating, have, doing silly stunts and just pranking. And, uh, you know, it, and it's all based in the skate park or in areas surrounding Aiken. Um, we had a good time, man. We built a, uh, we built a huge huge uh ramp up the side of our skate park the skate park's like a 15 foot tall building so we built a huge ramp going up the side of it 15 foot tall um you know like skated off of it and uh had a bunch of stunts we brought a car in to cut it in half wow. skated on it and did the, you know yeah we just had a good time so we we produced that last year it's been out for, um it's been out for almost a year now as well so that, but that's still, it's still doing good. People are still enjoying it. So go check that out. Narcats, man. All right. And, uh, uh yeah. And, and lastly, how can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, you can look up my social media is Blonde Ambition Mitchell on Instagram. That's a mouthful. So just, you can just look my name up, honestly. <laughs> Bo Mitchell, B-O-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L, Bo Mitchell. On uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you can look me up, and I'll be there. And then you can also look up the my skateboarding business, HIC Warehouse, there on Instagram and Facebook, and my nonprofit that I founded um, based on skateboarding is Home for Skateboarding. That's on Instagram and Facebook as well. And what we do is we provide uh, skateboards uh, for kids that don't, have the ability to gain one and we also provide a chance for them to experience the uh fellowship and learning possibilities in skateboarding and uh, give them a place to do it that's awesome yeah uh, thanks all right uh, thanks for coming on and uh and i hope you come back on this was fun man yeah we'll have to do it again thanks for listening to me ramble for like 30 minutes uh-huh. man. no problem yeah, this was fun uh-